Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Kyrie, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask this question. So, you know, I'm going. I'm going. Do you want to be a Brooklyn Nets there? Pass it. Pass it to my left. <laughs> Of course, that was Kyrie Irving at the Culture Awards, BET Awards. I love that. I love that. It is where the culture lives. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. The reason we play it is because, listen, Kyrie Irving is coveted. He is a coveted NBA player. And if he goes to the Lakers and they end up getting back to the finals, I'm going to pull up this audio in April or June or whatever of next year, and I'm going to be like, mm, he would look great in the Bulls uniform if the Bulls were in the finals. But nah, he's playing with with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and now they're in the finals. And that's what we're discussing right now, whether or not you would want Kyrie Irving on the Bulls. And I say wholeheartedly, absolutely, without a doubt. There is zero parallel to if Kyrie shows up in L.A. and is the third best player and they win the championship versus if he came to Chicago. He would be the second like best the player. Bulls. You know what? You can't count on AD much more than you can count on Kyrie to actually be on the court. So fine. <laughs> Call the second best player. Either way, it would just support the example I gave earlier where the only time Kyrie Irving has ever won at a high level, it, certainly in his professional career. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot of games at Duke. But definitely in his professional career, has been when he's played second or third fiddle, whatever it is, not been the main dude where he's been with LeBron. That's it. So if he I goes to you. L.A., he's going to be the, the other fiddle next to LeBron again. So if they win, then that's not a real good example to support anything you're saying about him coming to Chicago. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, I don't agree with his flat earth thoughts, <laughs> even though he said he was trolling when he did that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Last year, you, I mean, you know, with the whole vaccine thing, Whatever, right? You played your little 30 games or whatever. But before that, I mean, it's not like he played 82 games in a season anyway. He's, you know, he's a smaller guy, you know, a little injury prone. But the stats speak, numbers don't lie. And that's the part that I'm talking about. When your career average is over 23 points a game, you're shooting 40% from the three point line, and you're, you average 5.7 assists a game and a whole steal, you can contribute to a team that wants to win the NBA championship. And the reality is this, Ant, the Bulls ain't there. And they need more well, pieces. The Bulls aren't not. there, and and he can be someone, regardless of how you feel about him as a person, he could be someone that can help in that in that regard. Let's go to Mike and Joliet. Because I, I, I put it out there, and you can still call 312-644-6767. I put it out there that is there anyone out there? Is there am I the only person in the whole damn Chicagoland area that wants or would think that Kyrie could be a positive piece on this team? Mike and Joliet, 
What say you? Kyrie Irving to the Bulls or what? I agree with you 100%. Kyrie to the Bulls because, and I would I, I would like to add Durant too, you know. If we can get Durant and Kyrie to the Bulls and keep Jack Levine, and they could have anybody else. Everybody, everybody else. <laughs> everybody yeah. else. That's, that. okay, now I, I see what Mike's doing there. <laughs> I, I want I want LeBron and Anthony Davis over here too. How about that? <laughs> That'd be nice. Yep. Uh huh. I'll take him. Hey, how about Steph? Maybe we yeah, can trade yeah, for Steph, Steph and him in the mix too. You know what? <laughs> That's what this show is turning into. Why not? <laughs> I mean, and tell me more, man. Tell tell me more about. I mean, okay. Let let let's really dive into Kyrie as a person, right? All right. I mean, now let me say this just okay. just to be clear. Okay. Like out of anybody in the NBA, if you just told me, you know what, you could go like just sit down. And just kind of talk about world <laughs> events, talk about affairs of the cosmos, talk about movies or music or whatever. I think Kyrie is probably a really, really intriguing person to just sit down and chop it up with. I wouldn't have any issue with that. I just don't want to do it on my basketball team. If you just say, like, just go have a glass of wine with somebody at like 10 o'clock so at funny. night, <laughs> hey, man, put Kyrie towards the top of that totem pole for me. I could talk about a whole lot of stuff with but, that guy. But, he seems well-read. Th- what do you think he's going to do negatively, or what do you think he could do negatively to the Chicago Bulls team? Like, Do you think the he's going to affect DeMar DeRozan? The same thing he did negatively to Brooklyn when they weren't winning with him, and the same thing he did negatively to Boston when they weren't winning with him. You do want to win basketball games, and every stop he's been at in the NBA has struggled to do that when Kyrie is the key cog in their squad. Boston got better when Kyrie left. Brooklyn is probably going to get better while Kyrie is gone. Cleveland is getting better without Kyrie. And folks can't wait to move on from him. A dude that talented who people can't wait to get rid of you, that's an uh, that's a problem. That's I, an issue. I don't know. I think it's unfair because I think when he with, with Boston, their situation was a bit different. They had a budding two budding superstars and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who who had the ability to come into their own the season prior to and then Kyrie was thrown into that mix. So they already were feeling a certain type of way, like, oh, we don't need Kyrie. So the chemistry was off from the beginning because they didn't want him there. So I think that was the issue there. And then when it came to the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, gee. And then they won without him. Don't leave that part out. Well, because, again, I, that's they why I mentioned there, budding superstars. Better. I said budding superstars. And they okay. finally butted yeah. into whatever <laughs> roles that they were. And and, and, and and kudos to Danny Ainge for putting together a phenomenal team over there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just mm-hmm. them. And, and Danny Ainge, uh, who was a brilliant basketball mind, thought that Kyrie Irving could be the dude on the team, even though he got rid of him quickly thereafter. And then on the Nets, I mean, dude, they were trying to build a super team over there. He can't help the fact that that they put together three guys that just didn't work, right? I mean, that that's what really happened right there. James Harden was just a, a guy that didn't want to be on that squad because neither one of them were healthy because of the issues with COVID and, and the vaccine that was there. So I, I don't know. I'm giving Kyrie a little bit more credit than people give him. I understand he's a nuisance and he, and he could be that. But you know what, Ant? I've made mistakes in my life, too. I said some dumb crap in my life, too. But you know what? I wouldn't want anyone to hold that against me. I wouldn't want them to say, you know what? When Gabe was on B96, he said some really dumb stuff. We're not going to put him on the score. No. They gave me a chance. They threw me over here. And you know what? I'm willing to give that same grace to my man Kyrie Irving. Now, you know who's not? The people on this text line. I got Somebody said, I, I want Kyrie Irving as much as I want COVID. <laughs> Dude, come on. That's, that's petty right there. 
<laughs> but someone else said adding Kyrie would make the Bulls a top contender in the East. Yes. Really? On paper. On paper. Did you text that? No, let, me see, let, me, let me check. Let me pull up your phone number. You know my number. my phone and see if these digits match up for Mr. Gabriel Ramirez in my phone here. Because I got to see where and that text came if from. Kyrie Irving was on the Bulls, do you know what team 90% of the people that are playing 2K23 would be using? The Chicago Bulls. They would want Kyrie, Zach Levine, and mid-range DeMar doing the damn thing on that game. That would be the number one team people would use. And the thing is, man, tangibly, it would be awesome to have a Kyrie on the Bulls. They need more guys with the ability to distribute the basketball. They need someone else who can shoot it from distance. He can damn sure do both those things. Problem is... You're looking at a resume. It's pretty lengthy at this point. He's been in the NBA for over a decade, and he has been one of the most talented people in the league that entire time. And everywhere he goes, every stop in his career that hasn't included LeBron James, he's lost. So what makes us think he would show up in Chicago, especially with the construct of this roster with a young, impressionable team, and suddenly Kyrie would be it? would be the, I'm not, I'm not going to say a key piece because he was definitely, he was obviously, when, when he was there in Cleveland those couple of seasons where he and LeBron were both kind of apexing, then yes, he was a key piece of why Cleveland was in the finals multiple times, why they won a championship. But to be the key piece of winning, to be the best player on a championship team, anytime somebody has showed up and said, hey, Kyrie, be the best player, and then even the last couple of years in Brooklyn, they said be one of the best, be the second best at KD, he He's averaged lost. 27 points a game last year. And 27 lost. the year before. And But I'm lost. saying, but he can be the man if you wanted him to be. Listen, this is what's going to happen, man. Lonzo Ball is going to get hurt again. You're going to be stuck with Caruso and Ayo running your point, and you're going to be crying just like every other Bulls, not you particularly, but mm. Bulls fans are going to be crying like myself was because you see the team crumble right before your eyes and you feel like you lose opportunities to be a contending team. You get bounced out in the first round. I don't want to get bounced out in the first round. Kyrie just got bounced out in the first round. What's going to be different? Have, he didn't have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. He didn't he have had, Vooch. He had Kevin and Durant. And that's it. And you and me and Bryant, that was that was his team. He had a bum <laughs> team. It was a bump. Two guys came in the championship. You know this. You need a better Can squad Can they win than a that. playoff game, Gabe? Can they do that? Okay, Can hold two on. guys win a if, game? If the Bulls the had postseason? Kyrie Irving last last year, let's just say let's just let's let's play this game. If we if, if the Bulls had Kyrie Irving in the playoffs last year, do they beat a Milwaukee Bucks team without Chris Middleton? Yes, of course they do. They Why? they win that series. Why do they? Why do they? Because then they have more offensive firepower. They have more three-point shooting. They have a guy that can score in the last couple minutes where you don't just put the the pressure on DeMar DeRozan to be that guy every single game. You win you win that series. You might win it in seven, but you win. They Kyrie, got swept. No, no, by gentlemen. Gen- oh, okay. Yeah. Boston made it to the championship. Boston was better than Milwaukee, and they got swept by Boston. Yeah, but Boston made it to the championship. And, and and so Boston beating the Nets makes sense. And the team was terrible. They had a terrible squad. Kevin Durant felt like he had to do everything last year. All right. Enough of that. Not happening. Fair not enough. Happening. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm unswayed. Right. Kyrie is not the answer. I would take Kyrie. They need an answer. They got to find it. Like, you know, like my, my, my corollary that keeps popping into my head from a football perspective is T.O. Terrell Owens, you know, throughout that stretch sure. of his career where he was real mercurial, he's going from one locker room to the next. People can't get along with him. People are trying to find this out. But from T.O.'s perspective, though, he showed up 
he affected winning. Like even as as hard as T.O. could be to get along with and as much as T.O. was about T.O. and it was the Terrell Owens show everywhere he went, but he got on the field and he affected winning. Like as, as far as just who you know who I'm looking to hang out with anything like that, I would put Kyrie at at a higher plateau than than Terrell Owens in that regard. Now you know T.O. not a, not really a bad dude either. I wouldn't mind hanging out with T.O. Been around him a little bit. No <laughs> folks been around him a whole lot more than I have. But on the court, Kyrie doesn't affect winning, and there's so many examples of that with all these stops he's made throughout his career. There's a reason a guy that gifted ends up from team to team to team. And whoever the next stop is for Kyrie, the evidence tells us, there's this tangible evidence over the past decade, that whoever brings in Kyrie, well, right now he's opted back in to Brooklyn. So right. at, at the right. moment, he's going to still be with the Nets since he opted back in because nobody else wanted to give him a bunch <laughs> of resources to get him. I mean, he wasn't really that coveted. It says a lot that a guy that talented was was uncoveted by many teams around the league. Well, the Bulls will be another eight seed. Knocked out in the first round without Kyrie, I'll tell you that. You know who else will? Whatever team Kyrie is on. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. We'll see, unless he goes to the Lakers. All right, <laughs> on the other side of this, so, uh, there's another team in Chicago that could use a superstar. Maybe not one that's as much of a head case as Kyrie, but a superstar nonetheless that could propel them to the top of their own division, and that is the Chicago White Sox. But will they be making moves at the trade deadline? Uh, to talk about that, we are going to go out to Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune. We'll chat with him next. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Two strikes. Zavala at first. Struck him out, and the Angels do, in fact, win the series. Four to one tonight in game number three. Boo! Hiss! Hiss! Boo! It's Gabe. No, we're not booing us. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here on 670 The Score, and joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is. From the Chicago Tribune, he covers the Chicago White Sox. Of course, we're talking about Lamont Pope. Lamont, I'm a gambling man, and I'm looking at this game against the the Giants today. The Giants are only minus 145 to win, which is kind of crazy. We've got Lance Lynn on, on the mound, but we're going up against Alex Cobb, who hasn't won a game since May 17th. Is, is this the game that, that I should be betting on my, my lovely White Sox for, or should I just hold out and maybe just bet the over because it's going to be a run fest? No, I mean, you know, I, I like the way that uh, Lance, uh, you know, kind of been building on up, you know, ever since coming on back from uh, the knee injury, um, you know, getting that pitch count up um, with, with each start. And so, you know, he's, he's starting to look more like the uh, the Lance win uh, that was third in the AL MVP or AL Cy Young Award voting last year. Um, and so the fact that, you know, him going tonight uh, with the team that had, you know, getting Vaughn back in the lineup after um, having the day off, uh, you know, a couple of days off, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not much of a gambling man myself, uh, but uh, but anytime you, you have a slant win on the mound, uh, that's that's a good start to go with. What feels sustainable about some of the additional offensive pop we've seen at times lately? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because on one hand, you know, you have seen the team uh, score more runs. You have seen them, you know, the batting average um, has has improved. You know, obviously they had such a um, such a spotty April and got a little better in May, but you know, June you saw that come along. But you know, the, the power uh, obviously a couple nights ago uh, in Anaheim, uh, the, the big two two run home runs by Josh and by Luis. Um, you know, those are, those are positives, but, but, you know, the, the consistency from as far as the long ball, you want to kind of see that a little bit more of the ball club. Um, I, you know, you do like, and especially for a team, you know, it, it's so tough, um, trying to play station to station when, when you're a team that doesn't walk a ton as well. So you, you want to see more walks. You want to see, you know, them get the ball up in the air a little bit more as well. Um, you know, it, it is positive that, you know, that, that they are, uh, that, that batting average, team batting average is, is, has been improving, but, but you gotta, you know, like I said, to, to string hit after hit after hit, that's, that you can't expect that, uh, one through nine all the time. And so you got to find other ways to kind of produce offense on a more consistent basis. And that's, that's one thing that this team really needs to do if they want to kind of get to that level that they haven't really got to on a consistent basis yet this season. Yeah, Lamar, you're, saying, you're speaking the truth right now. I mean, the last game that we just played the audio from, you know, batters five through nine, only one hit. I mean, you can't score runs if you're not stringing them together. And the Sox obviously struggling offensively to put to do just that. Uh, going over to to the guys that are on the bump, you know, I look at Michael Kopech. I mean, his last game, you know, a pretty tough one. It seems as though he, he's can't, he's not as consistent as we would want him to be. Two and five on the season. ERA looks great. You know he has good stuff, but it just seems like he can't put it together maybe like three or four starts in the row. What, 
What do you think is going on there with Michael? Well, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, what, on the other night, facing Otani, uh, you know, you know the, that first inning, uh, he gives up two, two runs, uh, one of them uh, an unearned run, and then he settled on in, right, for the next uh, handful of innings, and then he gave up a two-run home run uh, before, you know, uh, before X came there. And so, so it's one of those situations where, you know, I think also it kind of ties them back to what we were talking about uh, from the offensive perspective. You know, when, when you're not getting a ton of run support, and, you know, in, the, in this case, when you're facing someone, uh, you know, going head to head with someone like like Otana, you know that every pitch matters. You know that you know, one little um, pitch that you leave over the zone that gets hit, you know that that might be the difference in the in the ball game. Um, you know, and obviously in that game on uh, on Wednesday night, you know that the, the Sox they they they, they made Otani work. He threw a ton of pitches, um, but but they weren't able to to execute all well, well enough and they end up with 15 strikeouts in that game, one, one by Otani. And so, so, you know, as much, you know, Mike, Michael's had those outings, um, you know, he, he, everybody remembers the outing against the New York Yankees, right? The Sunday night game. I mean, that was, that was Michael Kolopek at his best, uh, you know, carrying a perfect game for, for a little while. You know, he's, he's pitched well against some really good teams. He pitched well against the Yankees, pitched well against the Dodgers, um, pitched well against the Twins. And so, so you've seen those signs of someone, um, um, who is growing and who's continuing to to get back, you know, making that transition back from being a reliever back into the rotation. So I think, you know, from from the from the pitching perspective, you know, Michael's I think Michael's been been pretty effective. You know, the wins and losses again. I think a lot of that's sort of tied to uh, the lack of consistency from the offensive standpoint. Happy to see Andrew Vaughn bat number two in the game tonight, and you know he's been just the latest of a variety of White Sox players with these lower body concerns and you know, a variety of players who aren't allowed to run hard if it doesn't really seem like it's going to affect the outcome of the play. How much do you see the, the results of the game being affected by the fact that you have a lot of players on, in the lineup right now who are literally being told it's, it's too much of a risk for you to go ahead and sprint through certain moments in the game? Is it necessarily affecting the outcome of the games? You know, that's a good question from the standpoint of because it, it, it's not only the, you know, running out of grounder uh, or, or, or or maybe not being able to go uh, first to third or maybe not being able to, to go second for, for a double, which, you know, obviously you know, gets you in scoring position or gets you 90 feet closer to scoring. But, you know, those legs, they can kind of have an impact on, on your swing. You know, there's so many things that kind of go into play in those sort of situations. And so you don't want to be tinkering too much or, or, or holding back too much or something of that nature where, where it might, you know, impact your, your swing or impact, you know, how you're going, you know, how you're able to, um, you know, with your approach to, to the plate. And so, so, you know, there's, there's that actual physical aspect of, you know, of the legs or of the whatever general soreness we have, we have to, Andrew again uh, today. You know, so, so what exactly is is bothering you? You know, you know, just baseball, baseball stuff. And so, so we're you know, so just trying to nail that down exactly what it is. We're still working on that, uh, but um, but it's a situation where, yeah, you know, the the inability for for some of the guys or the you know, the fact that they you know uh, ground ball that's one thing, but but you know the impact of not being able to or maybe you know can I go get that extra. Uh, 90 feet to get into scoring position, or can I get that extra 90 feet to get to third? Maybe put some pressure on the guy uh, to throw a wild pitch or something like that. You know, that, that's that's where it might be able to uh, be a situation where, man, if these guys were all at you know, um, you know as close to 100% as possible, you know, that's that's something that can really help this team uh, take that next step that they that everyone has expected them to take this season.
I love that. Put more pressure on the other team. And we have we have the athletes, we have the guys to do it, and it's a matter of, of executing that. Of course, we're talking you know, about Gabe, you know, Gabe. You know, part of that. You know, I, I remember. Sorry, sorry, to catch off. But uh-huh. like, there's there's a game against the the Astros. First game of that series, tied game. Uh, uh, Alex Bregman was on first base. Uh, Alvarez hits a line line drive single to right field. Bregman recognizes that uh, I think Baum is playing right field. He, he took like a slight step back uh, to field the ball before, you know, so he, so he kind of lost his momentum. Bregman recognized that and was able to get to third, put, put enough pressure so where, where Andrew had to then make the throw. The ball kind of skipped away from, uh, from Josh, who was playing third base, and Bregman was all, able to go, get all the way around home. So it's, it's those winning plays. That that are, that are you know um, that that make a difference between a win and a loss, and, that, and that's something uh, that, you know that we're talking about as far as just having those guys have those completely uh, healthy uh, legs or, or or whatever that they can kind of go that or where they can actually make those extra plays that might be the difference between a win and a loss. He's Lamont Pope from the Chicago Tribune, covers the Chicago White Sox. I think everyone. Every person, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sox fan, so I think everybody that's watching the Sox is saying to themselves, like, what the hell is going on, right? People are trying to pinpoint what it is. And something that I've kind of alluded to is, do, do you feel, Lamar, like, because I'm, I'm thinking about the last couple of years, and then finally they get to this place, do you feel like the White Sox were just feeling themselves a little bit too much? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a team that recognizes um, when, when they are at their best. Um, you know, I heard Lucas say this the other day, and actually uh, we were talking to Liam a little while earlier tonight, and 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 they both were kind of echoing the same thing. It's like you know when, when this team is loose, when this team is playing free, uh, when this team has that you know sort of spine with, uh, they they're, they they are at the top of their game, and it's just sort of like you know it, it, it's recognizing hey you know the, the talent is here in the clubhouse. The you know the, the, this group has enough talent um, to to win this division, but but it's it's putting everything together, and we just haven't seen that consistency. It's, it's on a day, and you know, I, I think I wrote something earlier to, for today's paper. It was like you know, you, you get a series against uh, Tampa Bay in in Tropicana Field, you win two or three two of those three games. You know, dramatic home run by Jake Berger in one of those games. You, you play uh, Toronto, uh, you know, here at Guaranteed Rate Field. You win two of those three games. One of those, you know, an epic marathon, extra inning affair. So, so those, those are the signs of the team that you know. You know, obviously the, the series in New York taking the taking the, the doubleheader. Well, you know, the Yankees, heck, they don't lose, <laughs> and the Sox are able to, to win. So, so you know, those are the signs. You, you see a team that you know what was what, what was one of those things that we talked about all last year. It was like, well, can they beat the good teams? We're seeing them beat some good teams, but yeah. but but then they have a series against Baltimore where they where they drop three or four, <laughs> right, and right. so it's like so so it's like. When can they kind of, pet, you know, put together a sustained string of, of victories? I mean, there, there's only been that one six-game winning streak uh, earlier this season, but uh, you know that that's that's pretty much been it. You know, so so you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, and the problem is, you know, you know in, in April and in May, uh, they're like, well, you know, there's plenty of season left. Well, now we're in July, and so so at some point, especially with this upcoming stretch, right, where where there's so many games in the division, Minnesota, Cleveland. Uh, you, you got to take advantage of those games, and so I think that'll be a really, really true test after this weekend series. When, when you're playing the Twins, when you're playing the Indians, and you have the opportunity to uh, gain some ground against both those teams and, and, and see just what this 2022 White Sox team is all about. How much of a sigh of relief should there be that Yohan Moncada is actually in the lineup tonight, even though he took a ball off the foot recently? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we we watched him uh, after um, after Wednesday's game, kind of you know go and get looked at by the by the training staff. Uh, but he came on back and he wasn't limping, and so so we knew it's like, all right, well, that's that's a positive sign uh, because because you know the, not only you know potentially obviously he's having a, a down year from from a Johan Mancata's perspective, um, but you know the defensive side as well. I mean, he he is a he is a top notch defensive third baseman. So if, you know if you can kind of get him kind of in that groove offensively, get him consistently playing. I mean, it's been such a weird year for him, right? Uh, he starts the year on the uh, IL um, with the oblique, and then comes on back, and then then he has a little bit of a quad thing that misses, and he misses some games. So it's so it's been one of those things where he, it's been really tough for him to kind of get in the rhythm. I mean, he has what the five hit game, he almost hits for the cycle. Then the next game, he gets hurt again. And so it's like, so if if he can kind of you know play on a day in and day out basis, get those consistent at bats, get into a rhythm, um, then maybe, you know, you can, so those offensive numbers will be a little more on par for what, what Johan would expect um, himself. Lamana, I, I love Johan being in the lineup. I feel like he's somebody that definitely needs to be the spark plug here, but you're also, when you have him at third, then you, you miss out on that Jake Berger opportunity. Who's been one of the hotter guys on the team over the last month or so. Are you a fan of, Burger just being like a, a, some sort of DH. Do like, how do you see him being worked into the lineup? I mean, obviously with Lurie playing second and people just wanting to just literally put him on a plane and take him out of Chicago <laughs> and never have him come back ever again. But do you see? But you see some people saying like, "Well, why don't they put you on at second? I don't necessarily like that move. But what what what's your take on working Burger in and, and where do you see him fitting into this equation for the Chicago White Sox? Well, that goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier with with the with the likes issues that some of the guys are having. You know, you you, you kind of you know you you have to DH Vaughn or you have to DH uh, Jose to give you know to give Vaughn or to give uh, you know Jose a day off of his likes full time, and so 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 then that kind of puts the squeeze on the opportunities that Jake would have because you know Jake would you know could be that guy where where he could go on in and be that sort of designated hitter if, if you're in a situation where you where you can play you know and you're in the alpha more or you can play in and in, in other in the other guys as well and so so yeah I mean, that's 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 part of the issue is just trying to figure out a way to you know get these guys back into a, a you know a healthy enough position where they can be out on the field and then you know obviously we, we don't know when uh you know obviously he's been down in uh triple a charlotte for, for quite a while now uh but you know you're gonna then have have to work Eloy into that mix as well, and so that might take that's going to take some more bats away, right? So, so, so it's going to be a situation where you have to figure things out. I, I'm not a big fan of, of trying to test. You know, well, hey, I mean, go on. Like, like I said, I, I think Johan's a really good third baseman. He's comfortable playing there. I would not move him from that position at all. Um, and and I'm, and I'm not a fan of of, of trying to insert someone um, into a position. You know, I've heard people say, "Well, why don't you just play?" Play Jake at second, or why don't you, you know, play, you know, have Andrew play? It's like, oh, you know, but that's going to be a lot tougher than <laughs> right, you know, right, right. So, 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 you know, especially again, what one thing that we saw last year in the postseason uh, was the premium placed on defense. Uh, you know, Houston uh, was a, was an elite defensive team last season, and so, so you know, every you know, when when you have a a, a pitcher like like Johnny on the mound. You know, you know you're going to the ball's going to be put in play, and so you, so you want to have your 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 best defensive team out there. You know, as, as good a defensive team out there as you, as you possibly can. And so, 
you know, you know that's that's the issue. It's like how you know can can a guy can enough of these guys get healthy enough where they're out on the field, and that might open up an, an opportunity for some DH as well. Because yeah, I mean you're going to have Eloy back in, in the mix. You're going to have you know someday you're going to have Rondell back in the mix as well. And, and those guys, you know, they're going to be a situation where you know they they might you know like in Gas in Gasmani's case might catch a day DH day or something like that. And so that's going to take them at, at bats away. And so. That's that's going to be the tough juggling act for sure. Um, but you know, uh, the, the one thing that we've that we've seen, uh, particularly this season, is you know, the the, start, the moment we start kind of finding out can this play what's going to happen with this player, what's going to happen with this player, another injury happens, and so it's always tough to predict. How about Liam Hendricks? Well, we, we yeah, he he says he's coming back on Monday. He said he was ready to come back today, <laughs> but but uh, but they but they're like you know what uh, he threw a simulated game or simulated game guys uh, I think eighteen pitches um, everyone both both Liam and uh, uh, Larusa they're they're pleased with it and and it's a situation now that uh, it sounds like he'll be back uh, Monday for that uh, for the start of that Minnesota series. I hope when he comes back he calls a players only meeting. I don't, I want him leading that meeting and telling everybody that they need to play well. Uh, of course, we're talking to Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune. He's joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Lamont, let me just ask you a very bold question. Are the White Sox going to win the division? Oh, man. I, I, I would... I, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I know, whoa, I know. Whoa. that's a really tough question. I, that, well, like, like, I want to say yes. I, I think, you know, I'm, like, I, I am close to saying yes. Um but the thing is just finding that consistency. I, you know, I, I, until I see a, a team kind of uh, play, flip up to that potential on a day-in and day-out basis, it's tough to, it's tough to say yes. I, you know, I'll say yes um, to give you an answer. Um, but, but, you know, this, this stretch here against the Twins and against the Indians um, will, will go a long way in telling, you know, what kind of direction this ball club is going to be in. Uh, you know, heading on into the All-Star break. Who is the starting pitcher that you have the most faith in right now from a Sox perspective? Ooh, that's, a, that's another good one. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously <laughs> it's been remarkable what, what Johnny Cueto's giving you, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he, he has been just uh, – I mean, we're with, we're with the you – know, even though, you know, the win-loss thing, again, it's another situation where, where they're just not scoring enough runs for him. Um, but – but yeah, just you know, his ability to eat up innings um, and his ability to keep the team in a ball game uh, has been just super impressive. Again, I mean, I, I do like the way that uh, that Michael's throwing the ball for the, for the, the most part. Um, yeah, and and you know, you want to saw some positives out of Lance out of his last start, kind of kind of treading that right direction. Same thing with with Lucas, right? But then you know, I guess I guess the right answer is probably. Doing seats. <laughs> I said all that, and the right answer is probably doing seats. And just the way that he's been able to go on out, especially these last couple of starts, right? Just uh, you know, eleven strikeouts and thirteen strikeouts. Um, you know, at times it looks unhittable. Um, you know, this is this is Dylan Cease um, that a lot of people um, thought that the, that would be able to go on through the system and, and have a lot of success. You know, we saw we saw a good chunk of that last season, and he's been able to build off of that this year. And so, so yeah, and you know, that's that's the one positive about this. Now, now that Lance is back, you know, they, they do have that rotation uh, solidified where where this is what the team thought it was going to be throughout the season, and now it's trying to get all those guys on the same page and get, and be able to roll that on a day in and day out basis. Now, obviously, the trade deadlines looming. You know. And I think to the, I think about the Sox team, and I'm like, damn, what's 
what are they going to address or you know what are they going to how are they going to try to make this team better? Do you think that comes in the form of pitching or in, or in, in offense and defense, uh, like on the uh, position player? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think you, you're still kind of waiting to see. You know, obviously Josh has played better at second base uh, recently. Um, yeah, you, you can always use some more left-handed pop. Um, you know, like Gavin ran a hit home run uh, the other the other night as well. Last series, maybe. Um, but so, so you're, you you can use some more left-handed pop. Um, you know, they, I mean, yeah, I know the Sox are thinking of this, and maybe that's you know maybe that's the case. It's like, what can this? What will this ball club look like at full strength? We've been waiting to see it all year long. I mean, I, I don't know if there's been a. I don't think it, there's been a game in which you've had both Eloy and uh, Yohan in the lineup at the same time. And so, so, so when you have like guys that you know you, you depend upon, you know, guys are going to be in the middle of your lineup. Um, it's not there on a day in and day out basis. It's it's been hard to kind of get a wrap around what this team can look like on a day in and day out basis when they have their you know projected starting lineup uh, ready to go. And so that's that's what I want to see. You know, it, hopefully it's, they get to a, a place pretty soon. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like he will be back at you know, at least at the start of the next week. But you know, hopefully you can kind of get to a place where you can kind of finally see what this roster looks like when you have one through nine, which are what you're projecting to be. And then you can kind of decide, all right, well, here's, here's what uh, the ball club needs. Here's what's missing. Here's, here's what really needs to be addressed. Let me squeeze in one last quick one with you here, Lamont, because the, the question Gabe asked you earlier and had you beatboxing before you finally got, got your <laughs> way around to, to actually answering it really speaks to how we view this division. Because right now the, the Sox are at third in the Central, five and a half games back. But are Minnesota and Cleveland, are, are they sort of definitively finding their way into becoming competent enough teams where it makes the road more difficult than maybe a lot of folks anticipated? It just, it just feels like a better division. It's not a dominant division. It's not an outstanding division. It feels like a better division than a lot of folks thought it would be coming into the season. Yeah, you know, I think from the standpoint of Minnesota, right, obviously they, they underachieved so much uh, last year. Last year, uh, you know, when, when the Sox went through all their injuries, you know, if you would have told me, you know, in, in May or whatever, hey, this team's without Luis and without Eloy, my answer would have been like, well, how many games are the Twins up by, right? But they just, they were they off to such a bad start last season, and it's kind of buried them and sort of snowballed them. So, so the Twins are kind of back to, uh, you know, back to – the, the previous year's form, the 2020 form, I know it's a short season, and so it's tough to kind of put that in perspective. But in Cleveland's always, you know, they, you know, they always just sort of find a way. I, I think, you know, the, the hitting's been a little bit more of a surprise, but, but you know, the, anytime Terry Franklin is such a good manager, that pitching staff always seems to find a way to get a tremendous closer. Um, so so the, the fact that they're, you know, that they've been able to, I think, you know, I think it's, it'd be fair to say that, that the Guardians are a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, the, the, I think the Twins, you know, especially, you know, they go on out and they, they make some additions. Um, they, you know, from, from Minnesota's standpoint, it's also a situation where, you know, can they, can they keep uh, Buxton healthy on a day-in and day-out basis as well? Um, you know, you, you knew that there was enough potential there with the Twins uh, to, to be a really talented team. And, again, you know, the, the Cleveland situation, you never really, you know, once again, you, you learn that uh, it's, you can never really count out a Terry Francona uh, managed ball club. Lamont, an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, and it's good to know that you still have faith in this team to win the division. <laughs> 
Well, it was close, right? It was going back and forth. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune. You can check him out on Twitter, Lamont at Lamont Pope, for that one right there. Um, it, it, it would be ridiculous if Aunt Heron and I didn't talk Bears before nine o'clock. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. We do Bears Unleashed together on Fox Thirty Two. Did you get the email from Matt? By the way, we back, baby. We back. We are? Yeah. <laughs> I got to check my inbox. I might have missed something. I was by, I was at Fox earlier today. I almost stopped by, and I was like, yo, just making sure we're good, right? <laughs> I want this. I need this check. I got two kids. They're going to make sure we're good. No, nah, but he did say, that. in fact, we got the squad back together, so that's going to be fantastic. And what we things we'll be talking about, stuff like what happened the other day. You know, Justin Fields posted a video that had the Twitterverse going crazy, but what? was that video about anthony and i will discuss it right after this 670 the score anthony heron and gabe ramirez on 670 the score he'll be walking out the weight room and i'll be walking in and uh we had this little competition uh going on sometimes one day we had came in on a friday uh as you know we, we do monday through friday i mean monday through thursday came in as a friday and we're just lifting and lifting and he's like yeah you can you can leave now we're done working out i'm like i'm not leaving you're leaving and then um one at one moment he had left at point in time I'm like I'm not letting him get this and uh, he comes back out of nowhere he's like yeah I'm still working I I end up doing something to like lay down or like get some soft tissue then he leaves and uh, he thinks I'm just getting soft tissue then I go back and work out and I had to let him know like nah you didn't get me today as you she thought and then uh, he ended up coming back so I mean that that type of uh, work ethic and uh, that mindset I mean it's it's definitely going to pay off for sure. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, I, I'm, I think they're just trying to get ready for the Instagram posts. Uh, I follow Justin on IG. His last picture is him at a pool with his shirt off, and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. They were they were trying to get ready for this four-week-long vacation that they've been on or that they're on right now in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you were saying people were having an issue with his, with his other, other, other kind of videos, right? Yeah, man. And I'm wondering, when was the last time you posted a, a workout video on social? Papa, have you seen my, my dad bod? I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. I just post, I post a picture of the track that I'm walking, okay. that I'm walking on, and I'm like okay. put, putting in work. You ever do like the mileage? Like Loho put the mileage out there. Hey, here's how long I rode my bike. After, here's how far I ran. After two point nine, my knee starts to crack, so I just okay. I don't even do it. Yeah, I, 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 I should been. post pictures, post videos of me lifting on my kids. You know, what I'm saying that's how there I get you go. my dad bod is that mm-hmm. is there. But what's the issue that people have with? Just, what's the big deal about Justin Fields in his videos? I mean, he's out here on the treadmill. He's on vacation, but he's still getting his work in while he's on vacation, man. And just for whatever reason, you know, some folks took took some issue with it, and I think because. Everything with Justin Fields, especially in this town, in this city right now, just brings about a a kind of visceral reaction, some positive, some negative, because there's so much coverage of him as the Bears quarterback. There's so much coverage of him as the potential future of this franchise, what they've invested in him, what their hearts and souls and minds of Bears Nation is hoping he can and will become. Then just everything that hits, whether it's somebody posting some highlight of, hey, Look at this throw Justin Fields at her. Hey, check this stat that makes him look awful. Or check this stat that makes him seem <laughs> right. awesome. And everything gets clicks. Everything gets aggregated. And so a picture that he posts of himself working out, doing pull-ups and being on the treadmill and being shirtless and sweaty and being on vacation, it got a reaction, man. Some folks thought it was cool. Some folks were like, wait a minute. It's my quarterback. Yeah. Why is my quarterback out here putting, putting treadmill 
treadmill videos out there. We don't need to know you on the treadmill. Well, we don't need to see you on the treadmill. We just need to assume. Why aren't you studying the tape? Yeah. Why aren't you in front of a a laptop studying? And I just, I think it's just a sign of the times. I think it's that simple. I mean, he's not the first athlete to to run on a treadmill on vacation. He won't be the last athlete to run on a treadmill on vacation, but it's 2022. And just like, you know, a whole lot of the folks at at this station and all around the world, they might post a little workout video to let you know they're getting it in. Hey, man, he's out here. Just pushing his social media accounts. It's really that simple. I don't think we need to look that deep into it on what it means or doesn't mean as it relates to his future as the Bears quarterback, whether he will or won't become a great player. Now, I think you know the, the, the sound that Brian played there, Brian Callahan from Darnell Mooney, and just talking about how he and Justin Fields challenge each other to find ways to continue to stay in the weight room, to stay in the facility, to put that work in. You love hearing that. That definitely matters. And whether or not it's posted on social, maybe, man. Maybe you get a TikTok story. Get some videos of them yeah. out there like, you know, which one's leaving first, which one's leaving last. And they kind of cut from one scene to the next. One guy's coming out the door and then the other guy's going back in the door and trying to sneak around. There's some fun that can be had with that. Maybe it's even a little ad campaign that the Bears PR department, you know, ends up putting together. Peeking around the, peeking around the door just to see right. if he's there. Yeah, I might need you to something they could do with that. I might need you to start editing my TikTok videos. Is what I'm starting. You're already some, very good. You got at some him. good. You're very good right at it, man. I'm looking at I'm looking at Justin Fields' uh, in IG account. He mm-hmm. got he doesn't he's not quite at a million. We got to get him there. We got to get him to a million. He's Just, not a million yet. Huh? Uh, he's not at a million. You know, you have some credibility on IG. You really got to be at a million. And on Twitter, he's oh, so really lacking. I got zero cred. Then I got zero. Yeah, IG but your Twitter. Cred. See this. See, and here here here's a telltale sign right here. Right, like uh, Justin Fields and I. We're, we're kind of like the same. You know what I mean? My, our IG numbers are big. Our Twitter numbers are lacking. He only has like 330,000 on, 330, on Twitter. Oh, is that all? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's light. That's I mean, light. Like, you're, you're the Bears quarterback. Barely anybody knows who he is. Yeah. I know. Who was this guy? Justin Fields? Who was this guy? That's, that's just... But going back to his working out on vacation, I'm a big fan of going on jogs when I go on vacation. I got to be honest. Okay. Because it's the best way to, to see your surrounding areas without having to drive around. So I wake mm. up early. I'm a big, obviously, used to do mornings at B96. So I'm used to waking up early. So I would always wake up like at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, pick a different direction every day that I'm on vacation and just go get lost for like 2.9 miles. Like I said, my knee starts to crack after 2. that. 2.9. 2.9. That's, 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 that's the max. threshold. Are you, you don't are, go are 2.8. You, <laughs> you don't go 3 no, no, or no, 3.1. No. I like not to push myself. The 5K. No, no, not quite the 5K. <laughs> I, I, I have to walk at some point during that. But what about you, Ann? Are you a, are you a workout on vacation kind of a guy? Uh, not so much anymore. I used to be. Okay. I used to be. Yeah, man. Taking the four-year-old on vacation with us, that kind of makes a little bit of a difference. That's the, the workout? Yeah, with the, the three... <laughs> When he was three, we, we didn't really get out on vacation very much. When he was two, we were still getting out there. Like, he was one, he was two. Maybe we make a little bit of time to try to, like, step aside real quick. But now, because we just did, earlier this year, the, for the very first time, we went on a vacation where he wasn't, like, since he's been born, where he wasn't with it the entire time. At a kid's club at the spot we went to in Costa Rica earlier this year. So there were points where he was, like, not in our care where me and the wife were on vacation, and it was cool. He ended up enjoying the kids' club. We went and played golf a couple of times. Oh, I like that. that takes up several hours. Had a grand old time, though. But by the time you get done with that and that Costa Rican heat, last thing I'm trying to do is work out. I'm trying to get hydrated. You know, I'm trying that. to get in there, put my feet up a little bit, grab grab a, a, a beverage, grab some smoothies, get in the pool. So now, nah, man, the uh, – the workout on vacation thing. It's been a couple of years since I've done that. It's because he's fit, Brian. He's fit, and I'm not. <laughs> so I need to work out any chance I get. And anytime I can get my 2.9 in, I'm on it. 
What a I great show today, Ant. Yeah, it used to be. I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, great show today. Want to thank all of our guests, of course, Maddie Lee, uh, who covers the Cubs on the Sun Times. Also, Pete Futek from College Football News. Hilarious dude. Joe Cowley talking to us about all things Bulls. And of course, we just finished talking to Lamont Pope about the Chicago White Sox. Big thank you to them. Also, big thank you to our producer extraordinaire, Brian Callahan, the intimidating Brian Callahan. When he says break, you must, or he will break you. <laughs> um, of course, Anthony and I, you can always catch us here on 670 The Score. And of course, when the season starts on Fox 32, doing Bears Unleashed. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Stay safe during your July 4th. Remember, don't blow your fingers off. We want you to have those 10 digits when we can come back. Have a good night, everybody. Te veo hasta la próxima. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.